I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it bring it to the Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi there, so Joshy here, Doc underscore Joshy on Twitter. Thanks for having him on. Um, you can find me on this podcast and other podcasts and um, YouTube channels as well. I get us away in, Swansea City fan uh, and contributor to the Jackcast podcast. You can find the podcast at the Jackcast uh, on Twitter, or you can find me at get us away in. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, at Kevroff on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> we're sorry that we missed the show at the weekend. Uh, I was abroad, and it was also Easter, so throwing thing, things together at the last moment didn't come off. Uh, we have a perfectly good excuse to come talk to you about all things uh, Premier League today because the PFA Team of the Year was announced today. Um, from the back, it was David De Gea from Joshi's Manchester United and then a whole bunch of Tottenham and Chelsea players. Kyle Walker, uh, Gary Cahill, David Luiz, Danny Rose as the back line. Then Eden Hazard, Della Ali, N'Golo Kante, and Sadio Mane in the midfield with Kane and Lukaku up top. Uh, so guys, I guess we'll just start with overall reactions to this team uh Joshy, I, I, we could start with De Gea because I'm <clears throat> of all the Manchester United players he's not seemed to have the best season at least from an external perspective yeah no and I think well I don't know I think he's it's not a case of he's had a poor season he's just not been at the standard that he set for himself but I think that might be partly due to the fact that um you know he's not had as much to do you know we've had we've got a much more solid defense I think we're in We've, in terms of goals uh, let in per game, we're joint top in, uh, across Europe in all across all competitions. Mm-hmm. So we've got a similar defensive record to the likes of like Bayern Munich. So it sort of tells you that we've actually been quite solid at the back. Um, he's done his. He's been more than solid. He's been excellent in a few games, but he has had a few slip ups. So yeah, seeing him in the the team of the team of the season um, makes you think that there's probably a bit more of a um, slightly to do with his reputation, but also I don't know that there is been, there has been a particular goalkeeper across the league who's really stood out, and and players voting for this have just gone with who is who. Well, in my opinion, is the best keeper in the league in general, but perhaps this season, you know, maybe he hasn't stood out as much in the United team. Um, so yeah, that was uh, from my perspective as a United fan a slight surprise, but then at the same time when you really think about it there hasn't really been a single standout keeper so you could argue for quite a few different players to be in there yeah anything else uh stick out to you in particular in terms of the team i think in largely i think it's um it's it seems okay 
I would say that I don't think Gary Cahill has been particularly outstanding this season. And actually, at, if I think most Chelsea fans would tell you that Azpilicueta has been probably their best defender all year. But I think he suffers from the fact that whilst he's sort of known as a fullback, he's been playing in that sort of back three. So really like a third, like that, a third centre-back. So um, people have, have gone plump for Louise and Cahill because they're the centre-backs. That you, you sort of know them as centre-backs. So I think Azpilicueta is probably a bit unlucky to miss out and Cahill's lucky to be in there. And as a United fan, I think Antonio Valencia has been the best right back in the league. Carl Walker's been outstanding. So again, you could argue that. Um, otherwise, I think it's probably about right. Um, but I always like to look at the player of the season, uh, um, the team of the seasons. I like to, I would like to see a bit more of sort of recognition for players who are playing in sort of maybe slightly lower end of the table who have stood out. Um, maybe, I don't know, in, in goal, you could, sort of look at Jordan Pickford at Sunderland mm. you know he's been really really he's probably been their only highlight this season um so perhaps he should be in there because of the way he's played and at that end of the table um he's had a much more of an outstanding season than De Gea has you know it's a team of the season it's not necessarily oh he's the best player because you know you could say you know Eden Hazard has he's been excellent but it's not necessarily true that he's the best player in the league um but uh, it's about sort of who's the standout player of the season. So, but I think generally speaking, the team, you can see why most of them are in there. But I think most most of my queries would be around um, at the back and, and in net. Yeah, Gitto, this seems uh, perfectly segued by uh, Joshi there saying, you know, smaller teams should probably be more represented in this. I'm assuming uh, a certain Icelandic player may have missed out for you. Um, I, it sounds silly because we all remember that year that I think it was Scott Parker won the um, player play of the season award. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but um, you know, in, in a West Ham team which had gone down and it, it was widely ridiculed. Um, but it, and and you know, you wouldn't really expect it players playing down the bottom of the league to be um, uh, you know in contention when you think of. Uh, how many great players there are at the top. But I think if you were looking for, certainly an outfield player anyway, uh, down the bottom to to be considered, it would probably be Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, I think he's been by far and away the best player in the relegation battle, even if he's playing for one of the worst teams. Um, and while I'm not sure if he should be in the, you know, how seriously he should have been considered, you know, it, it's worth pointing out that in, in a terrible team, in a truly diabolical team, um, he has stood out. I think he's got the third highest uh, amount of assists in the entire league. Um, he's pitched in with, with goals as well, a very respectable goal tally for, um, you know, again, a, a midfielder playing down the, towards the bottom of the league, often played out of position. Um, and and ge- his general play has been sensational. And, um you know, if it were, we've been saying it all season, if it wasn't for Gilfie Sears, and then Swansea would be, um, you know, below Sunderland probably in the league. We'd, they, we'd be, you know, down in Aston Villa territory probably in terms of um, points total. Um, it, he's been entirely integral to everything positive, and I admit there has been much positive um, <laughs> activity at Swansea this season, but anything good has invariably been linked to Gilfie Sears. Um, and I, de- I definitely think more than any other player, more than pro- 
possibly more than any outfield player outside the top half. I think he deserves consideration for inclusion, definitely. Yeah, it's where you get into an interesting conversation. We may talk about this on Sunday, but in these kinds of awards, is it supposed to be most valuable or best? Um, Because we constantly have to have that debate here in the States when you have players that are super important to their team. Like, Gilvie Sigurdsson may be more important to Swansea's chances of staying up than any player at any other team has been. Um, But then, would you include him in the 11 best players in the league? It's it's a very tough one. Uh, Dan, not to feel too left out on your side either, Alexis Sanchez misses out specifically, most likely, to uh, Sadio Mane there. Can't imagine that's gone over too well with the Arsenal fan base. Uh, at least most people I follow are just so kind of tuned out for they don't really care about the player of the season at this point. I think Ozil missing out last year kind of was the final straw among many, many <laughs> straws prior to that. But um, uh, I think, I mean, we'll, we'll get to whether I think he should have got in later. But um, I think it's mostly fine outside of Gary Cahill because, like Josh, said, he's literally not even the second best center back on his own team. Uh, that is a pretty glaring LOL. Uh, and I mean, if we're going, if, if positions mattered in team of the years, Deli Ali playing as a deep midfielder would be atrocious, but they don't. So I guess that's fine. Uh, and Conte yeah, could cover him K- anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's mostly fine. It's nothing or outside of Cahill. There's nothing too egregious. All right. Well, now that we've all gone through that, uh, I think we're going to touch on the player that was included in the team of the year that you think was the least deserving. <laughs> Sounds like everyone's just going to say Gary Cahill. And then the player who was not included that you think most deserved to be on this list. We'll start again with you, Joshi. Um, yeah, I think I think Gary Cahill is probably the least deserving. I mean, it, it, it's obviously an opinion thing, but He's literally not the second best center back on his own team. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's like, um, come on, but, guys. <laughs> but then, you know, uh, you know. I, I, then I guess if you're going to say that, then someone's got to come in to replace him. And I mentioned Aspilicueta earlier, but I think he should be ahead of both of those guys, even though he's not actually a center back. And that's the other problem: is four at the back hasn't necessarily been, you know, the position, the the, the formation that everyone's played. Um, but I, I thought to, uh, Alderweireld at, at Spurs, he's been excellent all season mm. in that centre-back position um, we mentioned Alexis Sanchez and actually thinking about it I think yeah uh, alright Arsenal haven't been great this season but he has still produced the goods um, and certainly in again in over Mane and as a United fan not having a Liverpool player in there would be quite nice uh, so that, that probably works out quite well so but then I I really think um, Antonio Valencia has had a really great season. Um, he's not, so I think if I'm going to cut the answer short, um, Alderweireld at centre back instead of Cahill and Sanchez um, instead of Mane, probably. Hmm. Uh, that's going to turn around really nicely because I'm going to talk about a Manchester United player that you haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Gitta, who do you got? Uh, yeah, my, my I think the obvious choice is the same for all of us. I think. Gary Cahill is is the obvious one that that stands out there, and he's he's the only one in the entire team that I would say categorically you say no, he he does not deserve to be there. I think you can make a, a reasonable argument for every other player that's that's been named, uh, if I'm honest. But Cahill, yeah. like Joshy said, he's not you know he, he, Chelsea. Ask any Chelsea fan, and they'll say he is the third best centre back. 
um, behind Aspilicueta. And <laughs> one of them really... isn't even a centre back. Yeah. And one of them isn't a centre back, but he would he would still make that team ahead of Cahill for me. I think Aspilicueta yeah. is. I've I've always been a big fan of his. Um, I never ever thought that he would be a centre back. Obviously, he's playing as a three, so it's a little bit different. But I think I think he's been brilliant this season. Um, one of the big reasons that defence tightened up after the first few weeks of the season is that that three at the back came into play and everybody seemed to fit into place. Um, I'd actually my my entire back four would be different to the um, to to the oh, team. Oh, interesting. Who would you have had? I would have had Valencia at, at right back, but I, it was a, it would again be a very tight one between him and Walker. Um, but I would have then gone Aspilicueta and Odevarelt in the middle, and then uh, Alonso at left back, which may be a controversial <laughs> choice. But I think it's, I think I think it's, I, I, it may be just because I never ever thought Alonso would become even like a, a, a half decent Premier League player, let alone you know a, a really important player for. Um, the 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 well, see, not that I want to offend you, Kevin, but but <laughs> for the champions in waiting, um, I, th- I think he's had a brilliant season in attack. He's he's been superb. Uh, hasn't had that much responsibility at left back, which is why um, I guess Danny Rose may be a little bit more um, deserving of a left back berth. Um, but I have been just massively impressed with him again and maybe down to the fact that I'm so shocked that he's um, <laughs> actually that he's good. turned out to, <laughs> yeah I have but I have actually been very impressed by him and, and I would again very narrowly give him the nod ahead of Danny Rose interesting and Dan well, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's going to say it but Alexis said uh, everyone's going to say Gary Cahill obviously like come on guys um, that that's ridiculous I can go for Azpilicueta Alderweireld Toby um there are, those are the two obvious ones to pick over Cahill, but like honestly, if you're just going to go center backs that have had a better season than Gary Cahill, there's a long list. Um, it's a very strange pick to me. But um, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's going to say Alexis Sanchez because it's just, it's not, I'm, I'm not surprised and I'm not, like, I don't care that much, but come on. Alexis Sanchez has, I think he's tied for the, it's either second or third most non penalty goals, second, tied for second most non penalty goals in the league with tied for the third most assists I, I know we're crap I know we're bad I understand that but does that does not mean he is bad he is very very good and has been just ridiculous this season in every facet of the game mm. it's it just it he should be in the team this season I love Mane big big fan of Mane I think I've made that pretty clear over the season but like come on Alexis has been ridiculous isn't Alexis up for player of the year Yes, he is. That was the other thing. If you're going to go... <laughs> that shortlist like, is smaller than 11 names. And my bias out of it, like, come on, one's on the shortlist for player of the year and one's not. But one and there are team season It doesn't make sense. Right, and there Nothing aren't 11 sense. players on the player of the year shortlist. So, yeah. uh, there you go. Uh, Joshi, I am absolutely stunned that at no point have you mentioned Abraham I'm going to explain this. Oh, oh, right. No, I was going to explain that as well. I can explain that. I thought you were going to mention someone else. Oh. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Who's I that? that? <laughs> I, I would I would not be upset with Ibrahimovic over Kane me if either. we're just throwing that out there. Nor would I, and I'm me. But uh, I'm yeah, intri- I'm intrigued yeah. about this mystery player there, Joshi. So, all right, no, 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 I'll explain Ibrahimovic. The reason I didn't go for him is just because. Well, maybe I'm a bit affected by the game tonight. Or we just played Anderlecht, and yeah. he has missed 
so many chances. And in games where he's not, I mean, it sounds stupid to say, but in games where he's not scoring, he doesn't really do anything else. And he's so frustrating. The caveat to that is obviously that he's 35. He's come into the league uh, cold, as in, you know, first season, and he's banged in nearly 30 goals. So, yeah, he, he's there's a reason he's nominated. But I can sort of defend that. I can see why he's not being put into the team. And certainly I'm not overly upset that he's not in it. And, and I, and, you know, Kane's had a great season again. Um, Lukaku, I think, has been outstanding. So I can see why he's not in it. And you can't have, you know, there's no point shoehorning Ibrahimovic or into the side and Lukaku out wide or anything silly like that. And so you've got three players there. And I can see why Ibrahimovic has not been picked. And, and I think there have been games where he's missed some really crucial chances in matches which we've drawn. Um, and, you know, that could have been the difference. And even today against Anderlecht, he's, he missed, I think, three just not easy chances, but they're, they're chances that you would expect him to at least hit the target. And a lot of and, and two of them went wide and the other one was a little tame shot he put straight at the keeper. So he's had those games as well. And I, so that's why I can see he's not. That's why he's not in the team. Hmm. Uh, the other player I thought who I actually think is United's. Oh, we're going to do this later. But the other player was um, Herrera and and Herrera. Hey. Now, again, the reason I didn't mention him is because I can see why people have picked N'Golo Kante. He's been he's been outstanding for two seasons in a row, and he's 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 going to make he's probably going to win the league for the second season in a row with a different team. And he's been excellent for for Chelsea, and he's been um, highlighted quite a lot in the press as well because of that move from Leicester. He's uh, kind of an unknown before he was at Leicester, and, and and sort of the media like you know in you know they they sort of pick him out, and rightly so. He's been brilliant, and so I can see why he's been picked. And Deli Ali has been phenomenal, scoring goals, and he's so young. Uh, so again, I can see why he's been picked, even though he's kind of shoehorned to that central midfield area. But Ander Herrera, uh, I would, I could argue um, that he's been he he deserves to be in there, and I, I think he's he's been superb. So he was the other one that I was going to say. But you know, it's just a case of you know it, you've got the formation, and and like Gitto said, you can see the argument for why these players are in there. Yeah. Um. For me, uh, I just realized <laughs> we kind of diverted from uh, myself to address the Ibrahimovic thing. Uh, I do agree that he's been lackluster at times when you've needed him, but I think Kane's injury uh, and removal from some matches kind of disqualifies him to an extent. It's also why I didn't put Rose in my team of, of the year. Uh, I also put in Alonso Gitto, <clears throat> but what I did do was include the other three people in Tottenham's backline, uh, with Walker, Toby, and Vertonghen, um, because <clears throat> lost in uh, Toby's greatness since he joined. Vertonghen was kind of shaky at times last year, and then he missed two months himself, but Jan Vertonghen has had his best season at Tottenham Hotspur this year, not the year he was actually in the team of the year, which was his first year, and there tends to be a bias on first-year players that come in and adjust very quickly and by that rule is also why I included Ibrahimovic is um <clears throat> I think that tends to be the direction that it goes I also had Sanchez in and while I entirely understand the Angolo Conte thing and I will leave him in kindly um I think Idrissa Guy slash Ghana still don't know what name he's going by 
uh, has yeah, been just, amazing. Just and hope for the best. Yeah, he's just been incredible for Everton. I know that Coleman's gone in there and changed their defensive system. They were doing three at the back for a while, but much like Tottenham, they have to revert back and forth depending on who's injured at the time, and right now it's everyone. But <clears throat> Ashley Williams being added to that Everton defense is not why it's gotten better. Joel Robles in goal is hilariously not why it's gotten better. It's the fact that they brought in one of the best defensive midfielders in England, if not Europe, in Idrissa Ghana. And I do not know why he gets so little appreciation, but he shields that back line tirelessly. Uh, and if no other reason than it's just frustrating that he continues to not get any love, I did put him in mind. But N'Golo Kante... Oh, by the way, uh, if we'd done a show on Sunday, we were going to talk if the title chase was back on again, which would have just been frustrating for everyone anyway. And you've already gotten everybody's answer, because they've all on the sly said Chelsea's going to win. So... I think I'm the only one who hasn't, but I also it's true. agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said potentially. <laughs> you did. And Gitto said sorry, so I guess it's all fine. Uh, but the thing... I want to talk at the back. If I was going to pick a player that deserved to be in... And um, all due respect to Joshi, I think there is a goalkeeper that stood out this year, and it's Tom Heaton at Burnley. He's first in saves by like wow. 20 saves. He has Burnley's defense in the top six in the Premier League, and they do not have much cover. The system that Sean Dyche has set up is very good in that they're obviously going to shore up at the back before they do anything else. Their home defensive record is incredible, uh, but he's still just getting loads of saves. He's kept them... Uh, safe pretty much from day one. It never really felt like they were going down. Uh, Michael Keane is a very good center back, although some uh, people that come on this show have been very vocal on Twitter about not really rating him that highly. That's fine. I think he's he's a fantastic player. But <clears throat> I think Tom Heaton solves two issues. Uh, one, the underrepresentation of smaller clubs. And two, has had and I hate to be this American, but just statistically a much better season than De Gea. I do understand your point, <clears throat> Joshi, about Manchester United's success in Europe, but one of the reasons they're so high up is because it was against Europa League competition instead of Champions League. That's why a team like Tottenham, who do have a better defensive record in the Premier League, are not at the top of that statistic. Yeah. No, I get that, but we're, I think United have the second or third best defensive record in the league. And, yeah, and yeah, I get yeah. your point. The other thing is with... Tom Heaton is he's yeah he's going to have more saves ab- in absolute numbers uh, because Burnley are going to concede a lot more shots. Uh, I'm not saying he hasn't had a great season, but I wouldn't say he's been like head and shoulders. And I can completely uh, see your argument, which is and, and that's what I said earlier. You know, De Gea hasn't been head and shoulders over everyone else. So putting someone else in, yeah, so I, I, if if Tom Heaton had been picked in that side. I'd have been like, yeah, fair enough, mm. he's had a top season. Well, yeah, and also tying back into your point, you did say that nobody particularly stuck out. So if if you had put Heaton in, it similarly for you would have been like, okay, there are also like six other guys, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's not, mm. yeah. No, I, I would have complained if Heaton would have been included because it would have been just because uh, there was no standout keeper at the top, so let's give it to one of the ones that have bought them. I think there are so it would have felt like charity for some reason? Yeah, yeah, it would have. I mean, you could make the same kind of argument for Ben Foster um, at West Brom, who's who has had, had a very good season. Yeah, and and you know he's you know he's conceded fewer goals than than Heaton is. Um, you know he's he's made very very few mistakes. Um, yeah, you can make you can make a good argument for him also having a you know a, a very good season where he's just done the job. He's not been spectacular. He's he's been good without being great, and I think. 
really, if you if you compare with the keepers up the top end of the league, they've they've been better keepers than than Heaton or Foster or any other ones outside the top six or seven. Um, you know, I, I think you if you're actually comparing you know quality of performances and the quality of the goalkeeping, you probably say De Gea, Courtois, Laurie, these kind of players have had better seasons than 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 the likes of Heaton or Foster. Yeah, and I mean, Dan, that's why I, I sort of bring up the point about sort of, you know, who is standing out because it, I think the team of the season is, is an opportunity to do that, not not for charity, but to recognise that, you know, you know, it's almost like most improved or, you know, uh, Jordan Pickford is like, it's like his breakthrough season. So rec- it's an opportunity to recognise that. So mm. De Gea is in there and yes, he has been quality. His reading of crosses has got a lot better He's a lot more solid in that area and more commanding of his penalty area. He has, but he's made a bit, few more mistakes than he normally does. So that's why you sort of feel uh, potentially, you know, he, he's not the standout keeper of the season. But actually, as Gitoj just said, when you look at the whole season, he's been excellent for us. It's just that he's not been the standout because he's because of the standards he's set for himself and the fact that United, we are a much more solid team. So to get away from the, um, is this just kind of a kindness or like a token lower in the table player? If there was like a breakthrough 11 or something like that, I think something like that would be very interesting because you could put, you know, Della Ali in there because he finally got that consistency. Mm. Um, you could put Alonso in there uh, without having to have any fear of backlash from Tottenham. Danny Rose has missed like two and a half, three months of the season. Um, and then you could like throw Heaton in there. You could throw in like Michael Keane, uh, from Berlin. Yeah. You could throw in Harry Maguire, who's had a great season at Hull. Um, like oh. my thing with Idrissa Ghana, I think that that could solve a lot of these issues. Yeah, I mean that ben could Gibbs. be quite an interesting one to do. That's that's another one you could you could throw in there. He's had a pretty underrated season, I think, compared to someone like Michael Keane. When you look at Middlesbrough's defense record. They've been fantastic, and he's been the defender there. I think I'll be amazed if he's playing championship football next season. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I very much agree with you there. Uh, Before we get into uh, our player of the year picks, which we'll do here in a second, there's one thing that I just wanted to get everybody's take on. Sergio Aguero, still yet to be in the team of the year ever in the Premier League. Is this just very much a Leonardo DiCaprio thing where you look back on it and say (laughs) surely, but every year you kind of don't see it? Pat, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm not, I'm not overly disappointed with him not making it this year. But then again, he is Sergio Aguero, and it is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, actually, over the years, it's almost as though it's kind of like he turns up, bangs in the goals, and kind of like oh, he, that's what he does. So let's pick someone else. It's kind of like the opposite of what what's happened with De Gea. Um, yeah, like his yeah, reputation's hurting him. Where you're expecting it to be better. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think so, maybe. Because it is strange to say, because he's been the best striker in the Premier League for the last, what, five years, I think. I mean, I don't know that anyone would argue mm. differently. Um, and he's a phenomenal player. Okay, he's had injury issues. Sort and of this year he's had suspension issues. <laughs> yeah, but he still bangs in goals, doesn't he? And I think, I think maybe this year he suffered because of the explosive... Um, start that Gabriel Jesus made and sort of how City have stuttered generally and he also had that period where he didn't really score any goals but around that period he's banged in goals I mean I'd take him at United in a heartbeat if he was if he was um, available and obviously fit but 
Yeah, no, it's a strange one. I, I, you can't, I can't really explain it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's, I don't think he should have been included this year. I think that I, I don't think he's... I don't think he's had his best season by any stretch of the imagination this year, even though he he has still been scoring um, at, at a very impressive rate. But um, I, it is absolutely incredible that one of the probably one of the best strikers the Premier League has ever seen, if I'm honest, has never been included in this team of the year. Um, he's tied for third in goals this year, even with all those suspended games. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy, but, but by his own standards, he's not had one of his best season I guess that goes back to what we were saying earlier I mean because he has not been standing up because he's not shown massive improvement from compared to you know his regular form um I guess we don't notice him we pay more attention to other players but um yeah I, I still say this is probably his most frustrating season at Manchester City you'd, you'd probably agree um and uh, as a, that that obviously is um, worked against him, but it, it is going to be shocking if one day he leaves this league and he's never had the recognition of being in the team of the year. Because I think, uh, I'll be honest, I think a fully fit Sergio Aguero would would probably start for any club in the world apart from possibly Barcelona. Yeah, um, just because it's head, impossible think... to play a front four with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Suarez, Neymar, Messi, and then also Aguero. Play Messi at 10. Uh, they could try. They could try. <laughs> Messi at 10, Suarez on the wing. Uh, oh, man. That's terrifying. And also, uh, they would never defend anything. Um, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> would they need to? Would they need to? <laughs> they would not. They'd win every match 7-6. to six, A touchdown to two field goals. Uh, all right. Now we are going to um, wrap up by uh, each going through and telling everyone our team's player of the year as we head into the actual player of the year awards that we will uh, see on Sunday. Uh, we'll lead in with you again, Joshi. Uh, Maybe Herrera, who you just mentioned, but who was your uh, player of the year for United? Ooh, so um, it, is, it is a difficult one. I mean, last three seasons, it's kind of been, uh, it's De Gea, move on, which is, so it's quite nice that it's not that again. Um, I think Antonio Valencia has had an outstanding season. Obviously, Ibrahimovic has scored um a hatful of goals, but like I said earlier, he's he's missed quite a few chances. Um, so for me, it's it's kind of a th- um, a toss up between Valencia, just because he's just been a machine down that right hand side, um, and that goal that we scored against uh, Middlesbrough, where he just chased down a lost cause, 
put Valdez under pressure. Uh, he slipped, and then he was he was there to tap it in. I mean, that's like the sort of the typical. That's the goal that sort of typifies his season. He's he's put people under pressure. He's been up and down that right hand side. But I think for me, Ander Herrera just edges it, just because he's just been excellent. Um, he's tactically very good. He's changed his game up as well this season. He's he's more of a sort of Harry, a terrier-like player, sort of harasses um, and pressurizes the opposition. But the thing about that is he also gets the rest of the team pushing up, rest of the team uh, playing with a bit more energy. Um, and and he's pretty much all over the pitch. Uh, and, and we saw at the weekend the standout performance of the season from him, uh, for me anyway, at, at United. He, he man-marked Eden Hazard set up Rashford for the goal um, and then scored one. Yes, it was deflected, but goal, but it was, it was, ju- it just typified his season. He's been excellent all round. So if, if it was down to me, it would be Herrera, but like I say, you could argue Valencia, you could argue Ibrahimovic, and, but I think Herrera just edges it for me. And you tell? Unsurprisingly, it's Gilfie Sigurdsson. No way. Shadow. Yeah, you, this will amaze you. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I, th- I think um, when when the end of season awards come around, I think the people organising for the Swans are going to struggle to f- make up a shortlist. Um, it's been that kind of season. It's been awful. Uh, I can count on one hand the number of Premier League quality players we've had this season on the pitch. It's It's been diabolical. But Gelfie Singerson has been head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, he's contributed goals. He's contributed basically all of our assists. Um, and he's at times been the only one trying. He's been the ultimate professional, and without a doubt, he is the the best player we've got. Without him, we'd already be mathematically relegated. But I would like to take this opportunity to get something off. Like it's it's one of my gripes over recent weeks. Like a few people have been so having like little digs at. Lukas Fabianski saying that he's not had a great season, etc. Lukas Fabianski is probably the most underrated keeper in this league. Um, I, I, I do not hesitate to say that he is. Um, I, I'd like, I'm Dan as an Arsenal fan may like be shocked to hear that, maybe even disgusted. Um, no, he's, just, <laughs> he's just got a better. He just got what was it? He got much better when he wasn't playing, or some or something seemed to go that way, or maybe he's just tested less in the air. I don't know, but it, that he's. He's good. He just was really bad at the beginning of his Arsenal career. You say like not, not testing the air. I, I don't know if he is up there among the very best. But then he's the got be- then he's got better at it because he he used to genuinely make a lot of mistakes in the air. But even like when okay. he would play for us in the FA Cup the last two seasons, he was good. He was fine in the air. It was yeah. he, he just got better. In terms of high claims this season in the Premier League, Lukas Fabianski is well. He's got sixty three, which is the best in the Premier League. The next best is goal measure Watford with 47, which is a huge gap. And that just tells you how much he like commands his area. And the fact that we've conceded 60 goals is not in any way down to him. Um, it is entirely down to our absolutely diabolical defence, which is among the worst I've ever seen in the Premier League. And <laughs> all of the Martin Morrison should be cleared out in the summer. They are all a disgrace. Lukas Fabianski has been let down massively and he deserves a lot more credit than he gets after Gilpy Sirton he has easily been our second best player followed then by Llorente followed then probably by Alfie Molson or Martin Olsen after that they've all been crap they have been a disgrace <laughs> and I cannot wait to get rid of most of them in the summer 
regardless Say of whether you, you stay really up. Feel. Which... <laughs> <laughs> regardless of where, which league we're in, they're a bunch of losers. They 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 are mentally, and I I I cannot wait to see the back of the likes of Leroy Fair and Wayne Routledge and Nathan Tyre and. Kyle Norton and Federico that Fernandez. That is Premier League winner Nathan Dyer to you. Don't say that. It, it's just incredible. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. Uh, well, sorry about that. Uh, I just realized how <laughs> obvious this segment is because now we're going to go to Dan to talk about Alexis, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's Alexis. If anyone thinks otherwise, they are taking 420 way too seriously. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's just. I mean, I already said it. He's got. He's the second. He has the second most non penalty goals in the league. He has the. What I say, tied for fourth most assists. He's been ridiculously good. The only reason he's not talked about more is because we have been crap. Um, but he's been arguably the best player. Been one of, if not the best players in the league this season. He's clearly the best player in Arsenal, considering everyone else has been. I mean, not everyone else has been crap, but you know. As a whole, we have been crap, and Alexis has been very, very good. Yeah, uh, brief and to the point, and like the third time you had to talk about him, so I totally get it. Um, For Tottenham, I think it's a very tough one, uh, because unlike the Tottenham teams of many years past, where you have two or three star flair players, and then just kind of a whole bunch of... Uh, <laughs> well, you remember what Gitto said about the rest of Swansea's players. Um, <laughs> but uh, this team is just so strong. And I think I would have said Kane if we had struggled during his absence the second time. Because clearly we did the first time when we had all those draws that may prevent us from winning the title. Um but then we, we covered for him so well the second time with Sun really stepping up. Oh, if we'd done that breakthrough thing, yeah, Sun definitely should have been in that because he's had uh, a terrific season. He now has uh, more goals this season than he's had in any season previous, <clears throat> including what was supposed to be his breakout year uh, at Leverkusen. But, um, it, man, this the, the problem with this is it's so recency biased just because I just finally got to see him play live at uh, White Hart Lane. But maybe yeah. Musa Dembele. I, I I have not looked this up statistically, but I feel like of all the players that have missed this year, which by the way, um, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to use it as an excuse this year. But we did not have issues with injuries last season. We only missed Jan for two months, but everybody else was fit, which makes this year's title challenge knock on all the wood um more impressive to me is that we've had more significant injuries throughout the season than we did last year um and chelsea have been more fit than they were last year um not saying no other teams had injuries uh josh i'm sure you've seen all the the manchester united fans that post the woodwork stats but don't talk about it in context of the rest of the other teams They're like oh with, if manchester united had uh scored on everyone that hit the post they would have been like third You're like okay well what if every other team had only Whatever. <laughs> That's a separate issue for a separate time. But um, just seeing Musa Dembele live was a entirely different experience. The way he just dominates matches in the midfield is crazy impressive. Eriksen has had a very good season um, in his own right, except uh, he's first in shots, which I've seen some people mentioning is a good thing. But the problem with that is I think he's fourth in goals for us. 
which means that they are not very accurate shots. Uh, yeah, because it's Kane, uh, Ali, and Son. Oh, fun fact. Uh, we now have three scores with 10-plus goals in the Premier League, um, which is the first time we've done that since, like, two years ago, when it was uh, Kane, Erickson, and Chadwick. was last year. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, I think it was two years ago. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's incredible that we've continued to do this, and I think that really speaks to uh, Pochettino's ethos at the club, that it's really about everyone. But... Um, I'd I'd give it to Dembele maybe kind of in the vein of the under undervalued player kind of like the Herrera thing at Manchester United where you have all these stars but it really doesn't work uh, without Dembele um, as Pochettino said once this season there is no Tottenham Hotspur without Musa Dembele which is a very narrow time frame <laughs> implying that Tottenham didn't exist before we got. Lucid Dembele from Fulham in like 2013, I think it was. Um, Taking the Chelsea jokes to a whole new level. Um, <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm going to go with Lucid Dembele, but it's a, it's a very tough question. All right, uh, that just, will... With just a defensive Christian Eriksen, he has doubled everyone else in chances created on your team except Eric Lamella, who is dead, so we're not counting him. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Eriksen has had a very underrated season, but he's also been like really hit and miss. Uh Kind of like uh, uh, Joshi was saying about Ibrahimovic, there are matches where Eriksen has just run the show, but there are also ones where he just should be doing more, including the match on Saturday, where you walk away from that match just stunned that he didn't score or get uh, an assist, although I think they may have given him one late on that deflected off of somebody. All right, yeah, so for me, I I think I would give it to Dembele, but again, uh, very tough to call. Uh, Now, before we wrap, as I mentioned earlier, the PFA Awards are... Uh, officially this weekend. So before we get there, last bets, who do you think is going to be the player of the year? Oh, who do I think it's going to be? I think it's going to be Angolo Kante. Oh, give us both then, I guess. Who would I vote for? Um, I'd probably, from the nominations, um, I'd probably vote for Romelu Lukaku just because of the fact that he's, he's top scorer in a team that, I mean, I'm not saying they're rubbish, but when you look at Chelsea, they've got all these star players who can create a lot of goals, uh, goal-scoring positions. Um, and, and similarly at Arsenal with Sanchez and you know United with Ibrahimovic, things like that. And and Lukaku, sort of, I think I think he's just been excellent throughout the season. He's he's also a young player and he's doing it consistently in a team that's sort of traditionally not really at the really top end of the table. So, um, and I like that about him. He's still got a, lot, a long way to go to sort of prove that he is an elite level striker because he's not really, he's not played in the Champions League. Well, he's not, has he played the Champions League in the past? I don't think so. Not, um, not unless you count like the, champ, the final between the Europa League winner and the Champions yeah. League winner, which okay. isn't the Champions yeah, so, League, so no. So, yeah, so I think I would probably vote for him because he's been consistently excellent um, throughout the season um, and in a team that, isn't necessarily considered sort of that top level, top mm. tier side. Interesting. So uh, he raised a very good point there, Gitto. So hit us with who you think it will be and who you think it should be. I think it will be in Gold Conte too. And if I'm honest, I'd probably give it to him too. Um, I'd, I've got a little. I, I've got more. Symp- I've got a bit of sympathy for players who. So don't score the goals, don't get all the assists, you know, that can do the, the unseen work. And, and, and I think in a season where there hasn't been like a standout, exceptional player who's head and shoulders above everybody else, like you had when Suarez was in the Premier League or when Van Persie was banging in 30 goals or, uh, you know, in previous seasons you had that 
obvious player who who is just undoubtedly the best in the league. I think in that kind of season, then you can give it to somebody like Conte. He, there is an argument that he probably should have had it last year, actually, because he was much more consistent than Mares, who actually which won we've it. seen this uh, year, funnily enough. I, I, I totally disagreed with Mahrez getting it last year. I, I thought there were quite a few players who should have got ahead of him, but um, I, I, I probably give it to Conte this season. I'm, I'm against Hazard having it, who is who seems to be kind of like the second favorite. I think he's been, I think he's been brilliant. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. But I think, I don't know. I think I think he has the capacity to be even better, that which which kind of works against him in my eyes. I think he could contribute more goals than he has and more assists than he has. I think there's just that that little bit more that he can contribute, even though he has been amazing to watch all season and he has been. Um, He's, he's been fantastic to watch, in fact. But I would just about give it to Conte. Uh, I also think Conte will win it, and I will be very snarky and annoyed about it. Um, I would have been good with Lukaku, but Josh, you kind of stole my thunder in that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting anyone else to say it, but yeah, he's been really good. Uh, I'd love you to didn't expect for anybody to mention the league's top scorer. No, because he plays for Everton. <laughs> <laughs> And no one, ta- and no one has talked. No one, like of the people I've seen talk about player of the season, everyone's like, "No, nah, Lukaku." Well, I mean, there's the whole, there's the whole Lukaku is a fraud who only scores against bad teams, which is a whole another argument that I disagree with. But Here's the thing: that has is- that ever been true? I have no, heard that narrative not. against it's so crap. many it's, players. So, no, someone wrote an art. I'll link it to you guys if you no, want. It's after not the show, true. But there's, I mean, there's a whole article wrote about it. He has like the same, roughly the same scoring record against the top six as Luis yeah. Suarez, and every mm. other good striker has against their league's top six. It's stupid and it's bad and it's wrong. And I don't like people. <laughs> it's, like it's, it's, uh, the, the person Tell us how you really feel. Daniel Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> It's a brilliant article. It really is because it is stupid. Oh, oh my gosh, this guy scores more against shit teams than he does against amazing ones. Oh, he's clearly, <laughs> clearly a terrible player that's just riding on the back of somebody else's success. You know, it's it doesn't make any sense. It, it happens oh. in every single sport, pretty much. People who use the term stat padding seriously should get small jolts of electricity every time they say it. Um, <laughs> That is my opinion. I mean, <laughs> there was a po- there was a time when Aguero was labelled with that, and then Ru- yep. Cristiano Ronaldo has Kane been labelled with that. Kane was linked that for his first year and, and a half. Yeah, and it's kind of like, well, it it makes sense that you're not going to score as many goals against the better teams because they have better players and better managers. Mm. It's not, yeah, and, and I think when you look at the stats and drill down into them, look, that Daniel Story article just pretty much blows it all out of the water and just says, yep. just let just appreciate that Lukaku. Is a Premier League top scorer. It's nothing to be sniffed at, and he's been doing it consistently for the last three, four years, and prior to that in uh, where in Belgium. And he's well, he made his debut for Belgium at the age of sixteen. You know, mm. this guy is he's doing really well, and yeah. he's doing it for Everton. Yeah, and he did finally put like all the pieces together this year, consistency wise. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, it, it's also, been incredible. We- League top score with no penalties. Yep. Ah, oh, yeah. Wow. Like, if if you're ta- if you're doing non penalty goals, I think he has five more goals than anyone else. I think Kane which would drop is a, bit. a lot. He, yeah, Kane would drop to he has sixteen non penalty. He's yeah. obviously was hurt for a lot of seasons, so there's kind of a caveat there if you're right. gonna. Get yeah, really he, he's into played it, way few minutes. Him and Aguero are both on like two thousand. Everybody else is twenty four hundred plus. Kane's on 1995, Aguero's on 2056, Lukaku's at 2816, Alexis 2624, yeah. Costa 2662, I think Ibra's around 2500. So yeah, if you're doing it 
per 90 stuff, then Kane gets boosted up a bit. But Lukaku's still far and away the top. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I and think... Set. Uh, sorry, just to put in my own two cents. I think if Kane hadn't been hurt and was on track to be the Golden Boot winner, this would have been the year for him to win Player of the Year, especially because this is happening before uh, the title race is over. But um, obviously, I don't think it'll be him this year. I am honestly surprised that uh, all you guys think it's going to lean and go Locante just because the the media. I actually to kind of tie this into kind of an offhanded comment you made earlier, Joshi, about this being the formation that was chosen, it's because it can include more attacking players. People didn't want to see another center back and then two wing backs instead of two wingers. Um, yeah. And I think that's a larger issue within the the community of recognizing um, flair players and attacking players more than defensive ones. So I love that we're all saying N'Golo Kante, but it's entirely possible that we're in this kind of uh, sports media, dare I say, expert circle, where we're talking about uh, Conte is kind of this obvious pick because of the fact that he was the best player on two consecutive teams, and those two teams are most likely going to win the title. Um, <clears throat> but I could easily see, you know, people just looking at Hazard, you know, and saying what he's done. If you're going with the MVP route that I mentioned earlier, then Zlatan and Alexis get thrown right back in there as well. Um, I'm yeah, but this is voted for by, by the players. players, right? Correct, yeah. So players are a little bit thick, and they'll read stuff, and they'll be influenced by it. I, <laughs> I, I just think that... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I just, uh, Oh, they're going to like search yeah. best player? Conte's got 18 months of non-stop exposure from uh, journalists and stuff saying how underrated un- and underappreciated he is. And then people think they're clever, not thinking attacking player. And yeah, are, are you implying that all Premier League players are pulling a double bluff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think nobody's going to pick Conte. So then they all it, pick uh, Conte. <laughs> also, I'm putting expert on my resume, and you're not stopping me. Uh, okay, fair enough. You can add that to the other quote. Of my yeah, being a good human being. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing about the formations is I don't think. That there aren't that many teams that play with two strikers. Um, True. And Burnley, Burnley could, did for a while. You could argue that but... four, four, two, three, one is a more or four, three, three is a more um, True. Uh, appropriate formation. Oh, for so you weren't just saying it should be the three, four, three since that's like the flavor of the month, but no, it could have been anything that was else. Just, yeah, exactly. It, it could have been that, and I mean, then you could argue. Yeah, I would stick in Ander Herrera into there, and then I would I'd fight anyone who who says otherwise. <laughs> He'd be willing to but, fight anyone that said otherwise also because the other thing that no, we've realized this year him. is that yeah. he's kind of a prick. But <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. We Listen, I can't judge. We have Della Ali and man, he just needs to not. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that there. Uh, oh, uh, I guess we should also do this. I think Ali wins young player and it's not even close. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. The one caveat. And I don't think Lukaku would get it because I think the reason it's clearly Ali is it's spirit of the rule. But if Lukaku wasn't given player of the year, I would not mind him getting young player. I just don't think he will. Yeah, because he's, he's older. And they, he's really need to, they really need to have some kind of specific well, rule. Well, Josh, you really saying bad. because he's older is interesting. Because one of my favorite dumb ceremonial moments in sports was when Gareth Bale was the player of the year. Eden yep, Hazard nope, was the I'm... young player of the year and Bale was younger. <laughs> yeah, no, fully aware of that. Uh, yeah, 
Good times. W- way to work that out. Um, and it was because of it was because of his three goals against Inter Milan that weren't even in the Premier League. That was a that was a whole mess of a year. Um, but uh, thanks so much, no, to everybody. Don't talk to me yeah. about a mess of a year because when we won the treble, David Ginola won Player of the Year. I mean, how does that work out? <laughs> Let's not get into yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a whole mess of the year ad hoc show <laughs> later on. <laughs> This season. Uh, very good point. Uh, but with that, we are done today. Uh, we hope you guys like that uh, we just had one topic show today. Uh, let us know if you like that format. We may do specific things like this, maybe middle of the week uh, more frequently. Also, uh, guys that have been on, let me know after we stop recording if you hated recording in the middle of the week. But uh, in the interim, why don't you tell folks where they can find you? Yep, cheers. Thanks a lot for having me on. Enjoyed that. Um, my name's Joshy, I'm a Manchester United fan. You can find me on Twitter at doc underscore Joshy. Um, I appear on podcasts and various YouTube channels, and every now and then I do a bit of writing. Yeah, if uh, you feel your life is just too cheerful and you want a lovely injection of misery, uh, the Jackcast um, podcast is up, and you can find it on Twitter at the Jackcast. And then after you listen to his podcast, you can come over to my account where every time Arsenal concede, which happens a lot, I tweet pictures of dogs. So follow <laughs> at the underscore jersey underscore fits for that. They're cute dogs. Also, fun fact, Arsenal have a bottom five defense over the last five weeks. I'm Kevin DeVries yep. at Kevrock, clearly a dogs. Tottenham fan because of that comment right there. Uh, I think we're going to try to get out a show soon. Uh, recapping the trip in England that was, we got to meet a whole lot of... Uh, Contributors to this show, unfortunately, none of the ones that were specifically on this episode, um, but keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'm also the lead fantasy writer over at Goal.com now. Uh, I think I'm doing two articles tonight, so that'll be fun, um, but be sure to go there. It's under the gaming tab now. Um, nope, didn't do fantasy shows this week because I was uh, doing 22-hour travel day, which is, as we all know, the most fun. Um, but sorry again for a no show at the weekend. Uh, we will be back on schedule through the end of the year and may try to do something midweek next week. Although it's kind of a mess because of that United City game is on a Thursday. Um, so we'll, we'll see how to do that best. But, uh, check out our Twitter at EPL Roundtable if you have any questions. As always, feel free to an- uh, ask us at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com and we'll do our best to get back to you. But thanks so much, uh, to these guys for coming on. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always and we hope you keep listening. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.